and welcome to another episode of the SideQuest Podcast. Uh, I'm Luke. And I'm BJ. This is going to be a bit different. If you were someone who has listened to our first seven episodes, I think, is what we stopped at. We said we weren't going to talk about episode numbers. <laughs> I said we weren't going to intro episode numbers. I don't Point know. is, we released a bunch of them. These were kind of stuff, you know, that we basically had no plan. Just yeah. started talking into mics. Now we at least have a structure. We've, we've, we're going to rebuild the podcast from this point forward. You know, if we, we have good ideas, we're going to do them. And if we think bad ideas are bad, yada, 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 whatever. This is also the first episode where I'm going to be editing. Uh, our boy Landon. Just, you know, stuff happens. It's COVID season. People, you know, money's tight. But as rule of thumb, Landon's still coolest dude ever. I want him on the podcast at some point to tell us about Destiny. And uh, also just, you know, go check out Wardcliffe because it's still cool. Yeah, I fucking love Wardcliffe. Honestly, yeah, like the fact that he's like writing it and like like it's it's really interesting how creative it is because mm-hmm. like it's pretty much like a mix of like X-Men meets Peter. Sorry, Percy Jackson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Percy Jackson and like a mix of Umbrella Academy. Like I, yeah. get, I get vibes from that, and so it's it's really good. So it's like, definitely got like the attitude of an Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, we're still gonna shill for that show because our Landon's our boy, and it's also just really good. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna start the podcast as always. Uh, BJ, what you been playing? Um, <clears throat> you might be severely disappointed to hear this, but the only thing I've really been playing for the Genshin last Impact. No, worse. Oh no! I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. Really? Yeah. What What got you in? What was the thing that pulled you into Fortnite? The thing that finally was like the straw that broke the camel's back was they did the battle pass with Mando, and I was like, "Oh, bruh, got to get that Mando skin." Yeah. So I got in there, paid the fifteen, twenty bucks, whatever it was, to get the skin. Um, and then I realized, oh, it's his basic just steel armor from the first episode, and you have to do quests to build his Beskar. Um, so I recently got to Battle Pass level 100. (laughs) (laughs) You really went in. (laughs) I had to get that full Beskar, bro. But, um, even in between that, like, the, a couple weeks after I started playing, they were like, hey, Master Chief... And I was like, "Oh, I guess I guess I gotta pay for Master Chief now." Are are they not available for purchase anymore, or is it like one of those things where like it's like a limited time thing in the store? They keep them up for like a week, maybe a week and a half. Mm-hmm. But uh, paid for Master Chief, and then they were like, "Hey, you, you like games? Here's Kratos." I was like, "Here's Kratos." I I just saw they have Ripley and Alien now. Yeah, they put uh, Chun Li and uh, Ryu in there. Bought those two. Yeah, like I that's that's one of the reasons why I dipped from Fortnite. Because like I knew, especially this season, I knew oh man, if they're going to put pe- like, you know, all these hunters or whatever in there, I'm going to want to buy them. Yeah. So like the thing right now is they keep doing all these packs for gaming characters. I think the whole next battle pass is just going to be gaming. Like the last one was Marvel. Um, but I've gotten uh Master Chief, Kratos, and then I had to download it on my PS5 too, so that I could get the uh, the armored Kratos skin. Um, Chun Li and Ryu had to get them, obviously. You gotta show that Capcom love. 
Yeah, exactly. And Chun Li's like one of the best designed characters of all time. You say that just because of the thighs, isn't it? Uh, I mean, the thighs are there, but the abs are also there. <laughs> and the little space buns. Like, how could you not love Chun Li? Yeah, no, I, I I love Street Fighter's like character designs. Like realistically, like I think that was what got me to buy Street Fighter Five for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was just cause, like, yo, this roster is so cool. Yeah, like. I still think, like, Tekken and, like, Killer Instinct have, like, more interesting designs, but, like, I don't know, there's something about Street Fighter, just, like, it's just nice. I think it, I think Street Fighter is one of the most interesting because they're still a little grounded, but they have that flair to them because it is yeah. one of the first popular fighting games with recognizable characters. Well, it kind of shows, too, like, Mortal Kombat also tries to ground in realism, but also go, hey, look... <laughs> We're going to do some weird... Yeah, like, the fatalities are so over the top that it's not even gory anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be one thing if they if everything in the fatalities were, like, real. Yeah. Like, if it's just, oh, here's a neck snap or, like, a stab. It'd be like, oh, man, that's kind of gross. But the fact is that you can tear a spleen out, wrap it around their neck, and fling them around like a yo-yo is like, oh, this is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Fortnite all the way. Uh, got to Battle Pass level 100. Got that Mando skin. Um, the glider for Ryu and Chun-Li is actually, uh, what's his name? E-Honda. Wait, for real? The, um, the sumo guy. Yeah. And whenever you press, like, a directional button while you're, like, gliding, he goes, whoo. <laughs> so there's, there's actually a lot of polish put into the character models and everything, which I didn't expect. Well, I think, I think the general vibe is that Fortnite's like a, uh, it's, cause it's, I think it's technically still in early access. Really? By a technicality. Huh. Um, at least I think I haven't played Fortnite in forever, but at, le- at least I, we say because remember the battle the battle royale mode was originally just gonna be a mode. Yeah, that's true. It was originally the the, the save the world thing, and I think save the world's still in early access, so it makes battle royale an early access title. Interesting. Even though when you think of Fortnite, you don't think of the save the world anymore. You just think Nobody oh Fortnite. <laughs> you think of when you think Fortnite, you think of battle royale. Mm-hmm. So. I, I it, it's the thing where like it's one of those games where like you, I can definitely see the appeal. I mean, I was into it for so long, but at the same time, like I, I don't, I hate, I hate the constant like just, you know, dick writing that some people have for it. Yeah, that it's definitely pretty annoying. But that's that's a lot of fan bases. And then on the flip side, this like hate boner for it too. Yeah. Like it's like, dude, the game's fine. Like I get it, you're just mad of hearing about it all the all the time. Like I would be too, but like, dude, who cares? It's on its way out anyway. Like I really think it's it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. But still, like, who cares? Like I guarantee you, Fortnite got more people into games than anything. Yeah, like I'm at a point in my life where it's like, just let people like what they like and do your own thing. But um, like there's really a lot of good stuff in there, like Battle Pass, gaining EXP. There's a lot of exploration that you wouldn't expect to find. I mean, the amount of lo- like the amount of different modes that they put in that game, mm-hmm. like limited time modes and things like that, where they're like they're constantly pumping content out, like it's nothing. Like they're putting like they are they, Fortnite is the model most people want, but they they cannot do what Fortnite does. Like Fortnite is a is a beast of its own, and like because it's free, it's gonna stay for a long while. Oh, uh, just while we're on the subject of Fortnite, um. The last Fortnite Club skin was uh, CW Green Arrow. 
Yeah, I saw that. And and I think Flash is on there too, right? Flash was on the store. Um, and now they're doing Batman, Fortnite, crossover comics. And every physical comic you buy has a skin in each issue that you can get. Um, and I think the first one they showed off is the Harley Quinn show, Harley Quinn. Ooh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, are these comics out yet? Uh, no, they just announced them recently. But go, every issue is a different skin. Are character. they physical comics or digital? Physical and digital. Okay, so I'm going to have to go to my comic shop and yeah. say, hey, add those uh, Batman Fortnite comics to my, my, my box and we'll be good. I heard they were doing uh, Armored Batman too, but I don't know if it's Batman v Superman or like, like Dark original Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah, but I mean, that's really cool. I mean, like, that that's my thing, like, why I give Fortnite the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's a stupid kid's game. Who cares? Like, the fact that they put they put more love into their, their side projects. Like, any of their collaboration effort has, like, about as much love as Smash. Yeah, like, pretty much. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a Final Fantasy character in, in Fortnite just because... Could you? That would be incredible. Well, I mean, now we have a battle royale coming out for Final Fantasy. True. But uh, maybe we'll get a Fortnite skin in Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'll run around as the banana. <laughs> um, but yeah. So has that pretty much been all for you? Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. Yeah, like the battle pass is ending soon. I knew I had to get the best car, so it's just been every night Fortnite. Yeah. Best car skin look cool though. It looks so cool. Oh, like it yeah. shines. When you get to level 100 and you get the chest plate, you actually get a baby Yoda in the pod that flies around behind you and like reacts to stuff. Oh, dude, that's so sick. Yeah. I I, I want to get back into Fortnite. The problem is just the time crunch. Like I'm very much like a I play when I want type person. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that I would have to kind of push through the battle pass and and like, oh, well, I really want that skin and have to work for it. I know it's like, oh, first world problems, but like, I don't, I like going at my own pace with games. Right. So I think that's just been my biggest thing. Like I, cause I, I, I grinded in, in Modern Warfare for a while, but I, when Cold War came out, I played Cold War and just kind of dipped. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like Gray wants me to, to jump in and play Apex with him. So I might, I might do that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I tried Apex. I just can't like. To me, that gameplay style works really well in single player, but I just can't get the hang of it in multiplayer. I I actually jumped in, so I played Titanfall too recently. Nice. And jumped into the multiplayer, dude. It's some insane level. Like I've seen, P- I've seen insane level Titanfall plays. Do you think they would ever add like a Titan mode to Apex? Uh, if there's not gonna be a Titanfall three, maybe. But I think there's gonna be another Titanfall game. I hope so. Especially because of how much Titanfall 2 has been, like, regarded as, like, the king. Like, the unsung hero. So, I th- I think Respawn is seeing it and is going, okay, we'll make one at some point. But Apex is their money maker. Yeah. Like, they're, like, you, you rarely hear people talk about it anymore, but, like, Apex is still going. and It's, it's got a really, it, yeah. like, hardcore fan base. And I, I think that's, that's great. Especially, hey, if that gives Respawn money... To make things like Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. absolutely give them all the money they need. Yep. It's the same thing with Rockstar. I don't like GTA Online, but if it's going to fund things like Red Dead 2, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then Red Dead 2 funds GTA Online for the next three generations. Yep. <laughs> I, Dude, I really just want Bully 2. Like, before GTA 6 or Red Dead 3, give me Bully 2. That would be great. 
Just like give me a fun satirical thing. Like and you know, if you're worried about like, well nowadays just put it in college. That way you can have like a college campus as the, the main, you know, hub. And then, you know, just have it be this stupid fun like simulator pretty much. With like this really convoluted stupid story about like maybe like there's drug dealers in the school or I don't know. Like make it convoluted and stupid and fun. That's all because that's what bully was. And I just want Bully 2 to come out and be just fun. Like I, I miss games that have fun. I think yeah. that, I think that's why I've I've enjoyed myself with like Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. or like like you're playing Fortnite, where the whole point is just dude, just have fun. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, I did level up every original Scott Pilgrim character to level 16 and beat the game with them. The only ones that I have left are Nega Scott, uh, who is like halfway complete, Knives and Lost now. Sick. Yeah. On my front, I've been playing literally. It's still been a thing. I've played nothing but Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last time uh, on the podcast we talked, I was probably on like the Ezio games. Probably two. I that, think. I think you were like just starting Brotherhood last time we talked. Okay. So as of to, as of now, I'm on Unity. So I, so since the last time we talked, I beat Brotherhood, Revelations, three. Four and Rogue. I I didn't do Liberation. I might go back to that, but I'm kicking it main main games. How did you feel going back to three? Because that one is my all time favorite. Fuck that game. Really? Not really, but like Connor definitely is weaker than I remember him being. Mm-hmm. I love the open world and the side missions, but the main story is just kind of it's okay. Um, the uh. The homestead missions are great. Seeing Connor interact with people and not be an emo whiny baby is great. The the naval missions were really cool, especially when it's like, oh, this is the first iteration of what would be Black Flag. Right. Um, just in general, a lot of the and like I love what they did. So in in Revelations, you had you could you know you could recruit assassins like normal, mm-hmm. but certain ones you could train up to be master assassins. Mm. And in three, they just pretty much made that the only way to do it is you find one person and they are your assassin. You do their missions enough and you can recruit them. And now when you call them into battle, they each have their own specific ability. So your first one is just the standard like assassinate. One can can sabotage. One is like the surprise attack. Like there's different things you can do and it added more to like, okay, let me use them. The problem with Assassin's Creed 3 is that despite all that stuff they have, mm-hmm. you just use the tomahawk and you win the game. Yeah. Like, you, you don't have to buy weapons. You don't have to do... Like, you don't have to do any of the side content at all to the point where it really feels like, why am I doing it? Because, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> like, I don't think I don't think I, I took part in any of the, uh, like, it, like, the monetary system in that game. Just because I was like, I don't care. Because there's like a whole like economy in that game, right? Yeah. And you, you can like send out stuff. It comes back, all this stuff. It's like, sure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Th- those parts in the games, like ever since 3 onward, they've never had the good economy system. Like 2 was just like, hey, if you upgrade this, you'll get more money. And it's like, okay, cool. And that was it. In, the, in all the new ones, it's like, well, no, you have to partake in this little mini game. of like, And it's like, no, I'm good. But yeah, they they were all pretty good except Rogue was way worse than I remembered. Really, which I think hurts it because that game is very short. 
Like of all these Assassin's Creed games, it's the shortest. It's nine hours. Because I remember back in the day, like <clears throat> right after the new consoles came out, everybody was like, "Oh, Rogue is the unsung hero of Assassin's Creed." I think it's just because it was better than Unity when it came out. Yeah. Like all the people who saw the 360 were like, "My Assassin's Creed worked," you know, and it, it sucks too because like the premise of Rogue is so good, an assassin turned Templar. The problem is the game is so short that it feels rushed. Like, wait, why are we a Templar now? Yeah. Why like, all all of a sudden we're defecting from the assassins? Who were the assassins I just hung out with? <laughs> like they don't give enough time. Like that's my biggest gripe with Assassin's Creed is that they stop doing sequel games. Right. Like there's a reason why people like Ezio. If we just got Assassin's Creed 2, people would just go, oh, yeah, he's cool. No, we got 2 and Brotherhood and Revelations. And we got a full, complete story of who that character is. And so we like Ezio better because we got three games to pick apart the character and love him more. Right. It's why everybody so, like, really wants a Bayek sequel because he was the coolest character when Origins came out. And we don't get a Bayek sequel. Instead, we jump right to Odyssey, which I like Odyssey, but still, I would have preferred a sequel to Origins. Yeah. <coughs> but, I, you know, they make too much money because now each of these games are a jumping endpoint despite being sequels. Yeah. It's it, it really feels like Ubisoft is only putting in the modern-day story now because they feel they have to. Because how, when was the last time you heard anyone at Ubisoft say modern-day? I don't really pay attention to that but the last time i cared was assassin's creed 3 yeah and i i think that's the thing is is playing through these games i did not care after three like i actually was invested in brotherhood and revelations and then three happened i remembered all right he dies Mm -hmm. and so then when jumping to four and just being the faceless abstergo employee i was like dude i don't care right makes it even worse is in hindsight i know that that juno storyline of her coming out of the world or whatever that doesn't even get resolved in the games it was shoved to a comic that's whack yeah so syndicate was supposed to lead to the next one and then they just said no we're taking a break and then went right with origins odyssey and valhalla in this new little trilogy they had mm. so yeah and then the modern day story of that one's not good because lila dude the dialogue between lila and her other characters is so stilted like it feels like all right this is where we're gonna be funny and charming and this one it, it really feels like dude really like, the dialogue kind of sucks. Like, I want to like Lila as a character. It's like, could we have another modern-day protagonist? Right. But I'm just like, dude, I do not care. Like, I've been replaying Odyssey, and every time, in the few times I've been uh, pushed out of the animus, I've, like, hold B to skip, hold B to skip, hold B to skip. <laughs> the, the, the few short hours that I played of um, Origins before I had to reset the game because I couldn't escape a high-level area, um, I, su- I just skipped all of that myself. So, it sucks too because like that was the best. That was honestly the best part of the Yetzio trilogy was the, oh this mystery. How did the modern day and the 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 history timeline like match up? What were the themes and all the cool stuff they had there? And then after that, it was just like because like Black Flag especially Black Flag has nothing to do with its modern day storyline except oh there's a sage. Yeah, that game is about Edward Kenway, and him being a pirate. The assassin Timbars just happened to be there. I uh. One thing that I really liked about the Ezio trilogy was it definitely did feel connected. Like, mm-hmm. the things you were doing in the past definitely, like, kind of affected what Desmond and those guys would do in the future. Well, then it it worked, too, because the whole point of 2 was, all right, we need you to train up. We don't have time. So we're going to have you, by osmosis, learn how to fight and be an assassin 
with Ezio. And it was cool. Brotherhood was them trying to find the apple. Revelations was was uh, him trying to come to terms with who he is and that is like, is he going crazy? You know, is is it all this stuff? And dude, Revelations ending, where the dead the dead corpse like skeleton of Altair is sitting there, and Ezio's there and he's talking to Desmond is the most hype moment. That's that like, is the most hype moment I've ever had in an Assassin's Creed game. Th- those are the best parts where it's like. Uh, in that earlier game where the ancient one like speaks to Ezio but she's really just speaking to Desmond and Ezio's like what what are you talking about I don't understand that was so cool like it it, it it's playing replaying the games like I now understand why people don't like these new games mm-hmm. but it sucks because these games are literally catering to what I like in RPGs right so it's like uh... I mean, I want to sympathize, and I want to, you know, I want to be with you guys, but at the same time, yo, dog, my big stupid Greek RPGs over here. <laughs> at least you're not a uh, Prince of Persia fan. There's those exist. Yeah, I mean, I, I, not so much these days, but back in the day, everybody was like, "What do you mean you're just not gonna do Prince of Persia anymore? What is Assassin's Creed? What are you doing? <laughs> Stop." Yeah, well, no, they tried to do a couple more, but didn't they not work? Like the reboot or whatever. Did the reboot? Oh, I'm thinking of the remake. Um, no, remember the reboot, the one with where he had now orange hair with the bandana, which just called Prince of Persia on the 360. I've never seen that game. <laughs> I saw it while I was just going through all the backwards compatibility games, and I was like, "Wait, there's just it's the first one." And I clicked on it, and I was like, "Oh, it's a remake, or re or reboot." I'm sorry. Maybe if Sands of Time remake does well. I don't think most people are going to be able to look past its graphics. Like, I can. I mean, yeah, we but play like, old shit games all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Especially, it, was, it sucks, too, because when you have a game like Final Fantasy VII or Resident Evil 2 or the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, where it's like, this is kind of how you remake a game. Yeah. Like, mm. Which we'll get into Final Fantasy VII later, but I think it's now we should probably go into uh, what we're going to actually now implement to this podcast, is we're going to talk a little bit about news. So pretty much, from this point forward, me and BJ are going to kind of keep our, our ears to the ground, be like, okay, what's what's happening in the gaming world? And uh, we're going to pretty much just go, alright, this is a story I want to talk about, this is a story you want to talk about, whatever, whatever. Since I kind of sprung this on BJ... Last minute, and to be fair, one of these topics we both want to talk about. Um, I kind of picked the news stories, but from this point forward, we're each going to come in with with like a couple, and just kind of keep it more concise. If there's small ones we want to talk about, we can. Um, but so yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna start it with a small one, and that do you know Fall Guys uh, got bought by Epic, the whole developer? I didn't know that. I uh, the last news that I heard of Fall Guys was the Cuphead skins. Dude, I was so... I, I actually kind of got, like, a little cheer. They're so cute. Dude, it's so sick. I love Fall Guys. Like, I'm super happy for them, because Epic apparently drops hard cash when buying people. So, like, good for them for getting the bag. Yeah, for but real. like, But at the same time, I was like, man, I really hope Epic doesn't, like, try to claw its way in. Like, just leave them to do what they do best, which I is mean, fun Mario Party-style minigames. Their model works. I'm sure yeah. they're making money off of these skins just from people buying currency and stuff, even when you can play the game to win them. Mm-hmm. But um, I just like what they're doing. I hope they keep it up. Yeah, I mean, we're getting Fall Guys on the Switch now. 
Yeah, so that's like, great. I'm, I'm, I, they're getting to more people. That game, I think, is going to have a renewed love on Switch. Just like Among Us has been doing well on Switch. Among Us. Among Us. Uh, but yeah, that was the first little mini one. Um, I think... Is there any little, little tidbits? I mean, Rogue Squadron... Not Rogue Squadron. Uh, the Star Wars for FPS game. The... Uh, the Heroes? No, what is it Hunters? called? It's the... It was on the original Xbox. You play as those, like... Clone oh. Commando. Commando. The, yeah. That one. Republic Commando. That's coming to Switch and PS4. Yeah, and the um, great thing about that is um, Limited Run, all these old Star Wars games that gets ported, they do physical releases of them. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, I guess real real talk, do you, like, I guess we can mention the Direct because that was also a thing. Like, not much. No More Heroes 3. Cool. I'm getting it. I am Project so Triangle. excited for Triangle Strategy, dude. Apparently, so did you play the demo yet? I did. Uh, I'm not even done with the demo. There's so much content in there. I haven't touched the demo yet, but what I'm what I'm getting at is it's it's very similar to like Final Fantasy Tactics slash Fire Emblem, but really brings in if anyone played Tactics Ogre, mm-hmm. that's what that feels like apparently. So, so I'm, I'm me, excited to jump in. The the closest thing I can compare it to that I've actually touched myself is actually D and D combat. Really? Because uh, in the first combat, you have like a slew of different characters. One of them is like a, uh, a ranger type person that like, you know, rides on a hawk, has better movement. Um, but the character that interested me the most and made me think, oh, this is just D&D, is there's a rogue character. And you can actually, this character gets two actions per turn. You can hide and then sneak attack. Um... And then, since it's a rogue, it has good mobility. It can climb things that aren't usually climbable, go up a level and stuff like that. Um, and then some of the spells are just straight-up D&D spells, like heal wounds. Um, I think there was a fireball in there. But, uh, like, it's crazy to me. It feels like it's a D&D game. I, I'm glad Square's not just giving up on their classic games. Mm-hmm. Like Bravely Default Two is out, and I need to play it. But oh, that did come out. I need to go pick that 26 up. Twenty six that came out. Um, Bravely Default Two came out, and I'm I'm seeing a lot of love for it. You know, especially with like the way Final Fantasy is going, where it is absolutely an action series now. Right. With sixteen looking like it's just a straight up character action game. Seven having this mix of action and strategy. It's like it looks like Final Fantasy is going to stay where it is. I just want them to realize that Final Fantasy doesn't have to be one thing. Like back that, was, that was why we liked Final Fantasy. Like that's why I got into it, because it's like I could play a big turn-based RPG, then find this stupid side game that's an action one, mm-hmm. or in the case of Dissidia, an arena fighter. Yeah. Like there was so many different ways to jump into Final Fantasy that now it feels like all those side games are dropping the Final Fantasy logo, and instead we get Octopath, Bravely Default triangle strategy like we're getting you know the things that harken back but they're not really what you know yeah like is yeah i love i would love if we got like a a really like i I, i'd say this i just say port all the old final fantasy games yeah i mean take the psp versions of one and two mm -hmm. um finally port over the psp version of three uh you have the four complete collection do a port over the PSP version. I think a five. I don't know if they ever remade six, so I wouldn't know about that. But I think they remade six on the GBA at least. So I yeah, know they did a lot of them on DS too. So well, the DS ones are like those weird chibi ones. Yeah. So I I would just say pretty much port them all over, because yeah, like if you if you did have like 
like the Final Fantasy Originals collection, which is pretty much one through six, I think you'd one you'd make a lot of money because those games are harder to get. Like you can get them on your phone, sure, but like, could you imagine having them on your Switch or your Xbox or PlayStation? That'd be great. Like the ones that I have on Switch are some of my favorite things on there because like they're not that different from how they used to be and the only thing that they really changed is quality of life like with the speed buttons and everything yeah so like I like one of my favorite Final Fantasy games to this day is still 4 because I had that on my PSP and not only did I have 4 it was 4 and it's sequel with After Years so I was able to have two big Final Fantasy games and and actually fall in love with these characters over two games and in a little and a little interlude in between so, like, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought those were really sick games. And 6 is still one of my favorites because that weird steampunk vibe, like, it magic, like, Magitech was a thing. It was, like, yeah. it was so sick. Um, and then, dude, uh, it's not Kefka. Kefka, no. Yeah, Kefka is the clown one. Mm-hmm. It's either the the Final Fantasy IX's final one. I think it's Kuju, Kujo. Uh, yeah. It's it's those two names that get mixed up. But Kefka's the sickest final boss I, I like I love I just love his design I love his like final fight is so fun I was playing through uh, Dissidia again a couple months back and I got to the part where you have to fight Kefka for the first time and I rage quit and never went back to it just like I did as a child yeah dude I love Dissidia like I, okay I love Dissidia 012 yeah not In, NT is kind of weird like it, it plays well but like I don't like how it's built i think it's yeah. whatever but um yeah so yeah i'm excited for triangle strategy i think you know skyward sword's a thing I mean, that we, is a thing we could go on and on about you know obviously both of us wanted yeah like the collections and stuff but you they're, know i think they're still gonna do a shitload of ports but they're just like they're give waiting. them this one and don't tell them about the others so that this one sells well i feel like they might they might be holding off and say like okay how is breath of wild 2 coming yeah it's not coming Twilight Princess. <laughs> Here's Ocarina of Time on the Switch now. Like, just be like, hey, is, is Breath of the Wild 2 coming at all? No? You know? So, I don't know. It, I wish they were doing that with Metroid. Uh, on, on on a positive note, that Direct started on, on a great way for you. Yeah, dude. Uh, I think you guys were here on the podcast when I called that. Um, yeah, B- and BJ said that to me before the podcast, uh, where he's like, "I think they should do Pyra and Mithra as as." Uh, or I think you said as like. It, uh, I think it was on the podcast because I was like, um, "What the fuck? Why is Byleth the last character? Where the yeah. hell is Pyra?" And then I was like, "I would want them to go weird with it and all this stuff." Well, I think I think the original thing, and again, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure you just said make Pyra and Mithra Echo Fighters. Mm-hmm. But we just get them both as the same character. <laughs> Which is fine with me. Yeah. And that just means that there's going to be at least one amiibo, so I can finally have some kind of official Xenoblade merch that isn't my pro controller. Yeah, I, I think just in general. Like, I, I have my gripes with the game, but like even me, I was like, why haven't they done anything with this game? Like, this game's insanely popular with its fan base. Mm-hmm. So... I, I remember when I saw that, I legit, I legit said, it like, audibly went... Oh no! Because I thought it was Xenoblade Three, and I was like, "Please don't follow this cast again." And uh, and then I was like, "Oh, it's." And then when and then when it's like, "Where's Pyra?" And uh, when I when I saw not actual gameplay, I went, 
Oh, that's probably Smash. And then then when he shows up on Final, I'm like, oh, this is Smash. That was a really good trailer, though. Oh, it was very. It was definitely a misdirection. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my, I thought it was either the new DLC or the third game. And on on one hand, I was like, please don't be three, please don't be three. <laughs> and I liked that uh, they basically made um, the DLC for Xenoblade Two canon with Shulk being like, I never thought I'd see you guys again. Yeah. I like I like that. It's it's good. Like it was it was a really good trailer, and of course people are mad because anime swordsman right. or swordswoman. Um, but like who cares? Well, this time, not really a swordswoman, just a just sword. Swords. <laughs> uh, I think I think another thing too is that like half of the people who were upset were the ones screaming for Dante or Sora. Yeah, like, like I saw so many people on TikTok that were like, "Don't be another anime swordsman," and then they were like, "Where's Sora?" <laughs> like here's my thing. My, my my dream one is another anime sword fighter in Dante, but like my realistic like let's put this in is Crash. Yeah. I think Crash works so well with what Smash Bros. is. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Which might be which it's not a Sony thing because they're not owned by Sony. Yeah, because um, Crash Four is about to come out on Switch, right? Yeah. I'm get, I'm gonna play that a lot. Oh, I'm so excited! I actually waited. Because I was hoping for a Switch port. Me too. So I'm gonna, dude. I'm so excited for that game. I love the the remake trilogy. It was so good. It was so fun. Like even the animations were updated to hell. It's such like I, it's such a good platformer. Like I really love the Crash game. So I'm excited we're getting an actual fourth one and hopefully more like this. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah. So I think we'll move on from the direct and go to the first official bit of news. Um. Anthem's dead. Yeah. Like, straight up gone. I, In a way, it had to die for things to get better, and I'm glad that they saw it the way that I did. Um. <laughs> I'm just glad, as a Dragon Age fan, that this made them go, all right, take all of that live service <laughs> multiplayer shit out, and now I can go, good. DA4 is now a single-player RPG again. Yep. Which makes me very worried that how much of that work was put into those live service things that and, and how much are they going to try to still force into the single player moments? Right. That I'm just like, man, Bioware is just not where it used to be, dude. Either way, Anthem was the perfect messiah for Bioware to turn around. I hope so, dude. I hope Dragon... Like, we're getting the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which, of course, some people are upset because, oh, I can't see Miranda's F. Dude, they were the most obnoxious, like, cuts, too. Like, you haven't played them, but there were moments where she's talking about how terrible her life is, and to show Shepard's face, they pan it to where, here's her butt, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, like, it's one thing when she's being flirtatious, that's fine. When she's talking about how bad her life has been, and how much she misses her sister, and it's just, boom, ass Someone's shot. Someone's confiding in you, look yeah. at their ass. Yeah, like, it, it felt very, uh, like, so that, people are going, like, people are screaming censorship, and I'm just like... That's that's not, not censorship. It's not censorship. Censorship it's making it a more realistic. Censorship situation. would be if they changed Miranda. Yeah. Like if they straight up said she's not going to be as sexy and we're not going to make that be censorship. Yeah. Changing a camera angle is not going to ruin your immersion. Guess what? Go on the internet. There's a lot of SFM Miranda you can w- look at. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I think Mass Effect Legendary is going to be a good bit of money for them and hopefully they put it towards making Dragon Age 4 better and then we have a new Mass Effect. Yeah. So I th- I I will say I don't like that they're just going to be the Dragon Age Mass Effect company. Cuz I like it when companies go out of their way to do, like 
Jedi Fallen Order for Respawn yeah. was so good because it was something totally different. But like, you know, if it if it keeps to what they are and it, and they can make Dragon Age good again, like if they can harken to Origins with four and then Mass Effect Mass Effect four is straight up just here's we're gonna do something like the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Which looks like it's a sequel to the original trilogy, which makes it very interesting as to what was the ending you chose. So I don't know. You still need to play through those games. So when when the I'm, when I'm just, the legendary pops off, we're gonna. I'm waiting for us to be able to record them together. Yeah, I I'm excited to see see those things because I I will I won't help you in any way for decision making unless you really need it. But I'm, I'm excited to see what you do. I can't wait to see the level of anxiety this game creates in me. <laughs> uh, two is the one that has the most. But yeah, there, dude, there's some good. Like, oh man, it it gets you sometimes. But yeah, so yeah, and, and I think just also the fact that Ant, like Destiny's still been the only loot shooter that stuck around. Like Division's yeah. there, but like it's not being updated anymore because they're done. Um, at least I don't think they're. Avengers is gonna die. Yeah, I really don't think that's gonna stick around. Definitely not. Anthem's dead. Uh, Outriders looks fun. I haven't played the demo yet, but you know, here's hoping Square can get their loot shooter in. I keep forgetting that's Square Enix, by the way. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, Cause I'm I worried about Square, but also optimistic. I'm worried about Square in the sense of everything else they do, because it seems their Final Fantasy division seems to be kicking it into overdrive. Yeah. But, yeah, Avengers, they're not doing anything with Tomb Raider. They lost the Hitman IP. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them now, but, you know, whatever. Um. All right. So we're going to kind of move past Anthem real fast because I feel like, you know, it's already been about 30 minutes-ish. Has it? Yeah. Uh, but we're going to – because we're going to focus more on these next two topics. Uh, the first one being Pokemon. We, they've announced a bunch of Pokemon stuff. The main, so for the most part, it's like all right, new mobile stuff, cool, uh, whatever. We're, stuff. We're on two opposite ends of the boat here. So the big thing, the big first thing they announced was the Diamond and Pearl remakes, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which, by the way, sound fake. Yeah, like I feel like I've seen so many Switch box mock-ups. Yeah, but with those exact names. But so this is kind of the interesting bit is that this remake just looks like the original, but like phone graphics. Like I, I will agree with BJ that it looks like a phone game, but they're not changing anything. It's the same map layout, same everything. Rumors are they might put Megas in the game, which if they're gonna give that me a gimmick. Cool. Give me Megas. Yeah. Like I don't like Gigantamaxing and I hate Z moves. Like they made Megas specifically for the starters in uh ruby and sapphire just so they could implement that yeah so if they do that cool but again like i've said before i think look let's just get as far away from sword and shield as possible yeah as far as we can get and if that means going back to the basics dude gimme i'll take 3ds graphics if it means we can leave sword and shield in the dust i think the big thing for this game is um how the exp is gonna work and that's gonna decide it for me dude i just want cynthia to still be difficult which is and, and again and realistically she's not you know just you know get some ice type moves mm-hmm. probably good but like it's still the fact that like in platinum her guard chomp is perfect evs right so like they like the the team made a point to make cynthia's team really well bred as well so 
that I'm hoping it's still difficult, at least in the sense, because and I have hope because like Leon was actually difficult. His team was built really well, so I'm hoping that they do the same with Cynthia. But you know, that's gonna be my thing. Is like I I, I made the joke like, oh, I'm pre-ordering day one. I'm gonna wait and see. Okay, but like, how's the game? Mm -hmm. Is it a good Pokemon game? And will I have fun with it? Because they had the underground. Yeah. Which was I was like, hey. I remember doing that in the Diamond and Pearl and Platinum. That's sick. The The layout looks more like Platinum than it does Diamond and Pearl. Like, NPCs are in certain areas that they were in Platinum and not Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be more a Platinum remake, but with the Diamond and Pearl story. And then do what they did with Omega Ruby, which was have the Delta episode for Rayquaza. They're going to do the same with Giratina. Definitely. At least, I hope. My thing is, whenever I'm watching a presentation for video games being announced, I have very visceral reactions one way or the other. Yeah. I, I the same thing. Like, when I think about it, sure. But, like, w when you see it in the moment, it's one thing. Yeah, so <clears throat> imagine me sitting there and seeing Triangle Strategy and freaking out and being so happy. But then on the other hand, I'm watching the Pokemon Direct. I see all this awesome new Pokemon Snap stuff, all these new balls you can use to manipulate the Pokemon in the environment. I'm super hyped for that game. And then they're like, you guys like Diamond and Pearl, right? Look at this little... uh guy online character <laughs> and then at that point i was like what are they doing no on the flip side they announced pokemon legends and when i saw that i was like breath of the wild <laughs> yeah no dude they straight up were like it's breath of the wild because of the piano mm -hmm. like the way the the game was like the way you can see like the greenery shifting in the camera angles it, and stuff. it really feels like breath of the wild but with pokemon the difference here is that i haven't seen enough to go okay but hold on am yeah. i am i just capturing pokemon and battling them is there an overall story that i have to partake in like what what am i doing plus i just don't think this game's gonna run well on the switch see breath of the wild runs pretty well but like when you dock it on the tv especially my big ass tv i have here i can see when the game fucks yeah so that's my biggest thing because like Legends is going to be the type of game I'm going to play on my TV. Whereas Diamond and Pearl will be one I will happily play portable. I think the biggest thing that's going to decide that is how heavy they want to go with particle effects. Because um, that's usually what messes up a Switch game's stuff. But um, from what I can tell, you battle in the environment. So, like, there's no battle screen of just, hey, here's a green spot in the wilderness with 2D grass around you. It's like, oh, if you're uphill from this guy and you want to fight him, like your Pokemon has to run down the hill and hit this guy. Um, I think they'll be able to offset like frame drops and everything by making the Pokemon like it's turn-based still. Pokemon has to be turn-based. Well, see, I don't know because they said action RPG. I they're calling it an action RPG, so I wonder if it's they're still gonna have the turn-based or is it gonna be like you can move the Pokemon, but then hit a button for the move. What I think would be perfect for Pokemon, for the rest of Pokemon, would be if you run into a Pokemon you want to fight in this environment, you switch perspective from the trainer to the Pokemon and just Pokemon tournament. But I realize there's way too many Pokemon <laughs> in Sinnoh for them <laughs> yeah, to, do, to that. do that. So it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I, when I saw it, I immediately thought Gale of Darkness. And that's yeah. what gives me hope, mostly. I... Colosseum is one of my favorite Pokemon games. Yeah. So, like, I really hope this is in that vein where it's, like, it's another Pokemon adventure, but we're going to be weird with it. So I'm hoping so. I'm hoping Legends is what we what people wanted from Pokemon because 
Pokemon has been getting stale. I think at least we can look forward to a heavier story than they've been doing. I hope, because again, it's the first trailer. It comes out next year, but like, it's that thing of like, that, that world looks so barren, dude. That's my biggest problem is that like, I love Breath of the Wild, but like, I would have loved a bit more story. Yeah. A bit more characters. I it, agree. So, and that's my worry for Pokemon is that like, what if it's so just, all right, go capture that thing. You're like, I mean, okay, sure. Yeah. What's my motivation? What am I doing? Because the, the story apparently is you're building the first Pokedex. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, what does Arceus have to do with this? Or I'm sorry, Arceus have to do with this and all this other stuff. So I'm like, eh. I'm, I, that's why I'm probably more iffy on it. At least I know what I'm getting out of a Diamond and Pearl remake. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this game, this is completely new. I have no idea what to expect. One thing that actually kind of gives me hope is you can see that there's like some world building going on even in that trailer. Like with the uh, the first Pokeballs having the latch and everything on there. Apparently they're like steam powered. That's really cool. Yeah. I love steampunk Pokemon idea. But um, I I really hope that the uh, the first Pokedex is just you writing stuff down. Like in a book. Yeah. Well, it looks like it's been the book with all the drawings. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what it's going to be. So your Pokedex used to be this really cool ink drawing of a Pokemon. That'd be so cool. Like, there's ways this could be good, and I hope it is, because it looks cool. But, uh, there's not really much else to talk about for this one. I mean, you know, we're, we're excited and disappointed both for different reasons. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say disappointed. Like, even, even with Diamond and Pearl, like, I wouldn't say disappointment. It's more just... At this point, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic about both of them. Yeah. I'm I'm more excited for Diamond and Pearl just because I know Diamond and Pearl. Right. Like, that's the Pokemon game I sat with the most, or I guess Platinum, but still same thing. But yeah, I'm I I want Legends to be good. I want Legends to be the Breath of the Wild of Pokemon that like ushers in the new era or whatever. Yeah. But the way it looks is this might just be a side game, and if if we know anything about Pokemon, how long has it been since till we got the Snap sequel? Uh, twenty plus years. Yep. So I'm not I'm not holding out hope that this is gonna be their new series. I mean, we thought Let's Go Johto was gonna be a thing, and it still hasn't. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like you think you can predict what Pokemon and buy bigger than Nintendo is going to do. Then they then they pull the rug and say nope. Yeah, and it's it's gotten to the point where the last generation, just all of the Switch games have felt like, oh, this is what we want. This is very specifically what we want, and then they're like, no. Because um, I don't know if you remember when they announced that there was going to be a new Pokemon game. Everybody was like, oh my god, Pokemon Stars. Like, that was the Mm -hmm. big thing. And then it was just like, uh, let's go Pikachu and Eevee. And then after that, everybody was like, Sword and Shield is going to be Breath of the Wild of Pokemon. And then it's like... It's a half step. Yeah, it was like, here's a big open area, and then you have to go down hallways for the rest of the game. Um, so I'm hoping that they're listening to their fans a little more. We'll see. But speaking of listening to the fans, so the big, the big topic of, of for us is going to be uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. Mm-hmm. Now, as we've said before on this podcast, Final Fantasy VII Remake means a whole lot for both of us. Oh, yeah. It is arguably one of our... I, was argu- I think it was realistically... Like, I put Ghost of Tsushima up there, but, like, realistically, like, if it was FF7 as Game of the Year last year, like, yeah. we, we both loved it so much. I just think Ghost was a bit more polished, but that's just me. But FF7 Remake 
is like one of the best games we've played. Like I don't think I've ever loved a game more. Yeah, in I'm, in recent years, it's been a long time since I had the feeling that I had playing Final Fantasy VII in a game. So uh, yeah, and we're getting DLC. So uh, state of play happened, which was pretty much funny that they they did it right after a direct. I didn't watch it. You didn't? Didn't watch it. I just watched the two trailers that you sent me after it happened. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't watch the state. Of, well, I watched the state of play. I watched a reaction to it, and it was just like, all right, cool, cool. Returnal looks okay, I guess. Sure. And then, the, then, then the Final Fantasy VII stuff happened. I was like, all right, cool. The PS5 version. We're gonna get you know loading times, all this stuff. And then, lo and behold, here's Yuffie. And I yeah. was like, yo. So in a sick little Moogle cloak and the lolly run from Genshin Impact. <laughs> so Yuffie, Yuffie is gonna be introduced earlier than intended. Which I think is great. We're gonna get to actually see who she is. Yeah. And it it looks beautiful, by the way. Her character model is great. All of them are. Sonan, the receptionist lady with the glasses, the nerdy chick. Sonan the barbarian. Sonan the barbarian. <laughs> I thought it was Sid, because I saw the the pole and I was like, hey, yo. Sid. But no, it's like not his Sonan. I went, oh, okay, cool. But uh, we actually, you know, we're actually getting Yuffie, and they seem to be pushing deep ground. Yeah. So I wonder what this means because they show it off twice, and I hope to God. I think I sent you a video that Max Max did too. I don't know if you watched that one, but uh, I don't think I saw that one. Apparently, Weiss isn't actually going to be in the game like as a villain. He is a uh, a VR fight. That's weird. which at that point I'm like good, because then that might mean we get a Genesis fight that's only in VR and not actually tied to the story, so I don't have to hear that man talk about Loveless again. Oh, he's still going to talk about it. It's just going to be in VR in a completely blank space, so that's all you have to focus on besides kicking his ass. I Look, I'm, I actually love that's the way they did it, where it's like, hey, we can't fit these in the game, mm -hmm. but we still want to give nods, so the VR is going to be the way that we can have boss fights and really cool moments, but ha and have them there. I still hope that... Um even for these characters that are human, they do some kind of summon stone for them. Here's Jesse. <laughs> she just comes in, blows up another reactor, and goes away. <laughs> no, she just comes in and like ninja stars a pizza. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot, I forgot she's a, she can make pizza. Uh, no, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I love Final Fantasy VII remake. I love at least it seems what they're doing with it. We're not gonna know until the second game. Yeah. Um, but integrate, I think, is gonna be a really fun, fun way, and it, it now puts a precedent. Are we gonna get that for when part three is about to come out? We My get like a little, a little sequence in between about other characters and where they are, or like DLC, right? Yeah. My thing is right now, I want to know who else is gonna be included in this. My my biggest theory is Kate Sith, like showing up in some capacity. I feel like they will, but I don't know. Like, but I'm also feeling like. Vincent is a good possibility. But would he actually show up? Because the way he shows up in the regular game, it's like him and Yuffie don't know each other. I mean, I don't know. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Well, I and mean, also, I also like to point out, in the original, you can miss Vincent and Yuffie yeah. completely. So, which that had to do with the, the data on the discs and all that other, whatever. Point is, you can miss them completely. But, uh, yeah, no, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think... I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the faster loading times. I'm excited for 
the graphics, the photo mode. Yeah, that's going to be great because that game is so beautiful that I'm going to have so many different photos just everywhere. The only two games that I've ever like taken screenshots on a PlayStation 4 are I took a couple for Horizon. Mm-hmm. And then when Final Fantasy 7 started, I was just punishing that button through the whole game. <laughs> There's just so many really cool screenshots that I would immediately put as, like, a computer background. Anything of uh, Aerith's house. Dude, that's so... It's such a beautiful set I would love to have a live screensaver of the house that turns day and night with, like, the waterfall. Give me a live screensaver of Tifa at the bar. Just sitting there. Dude, I I have the weirdest, like, video game crush on Tifa. I... that, That brings me into another point that I've wanted to talk about in some capacity. The PS5 feels really lacking without themes. Dude, yeah. Like, apparently, so, okay. Did you know? So, I, w- I went through and I, I... So, Final Fantasy IX on the PlayStation 4 store is twenty ninety nine. Apparently, it's that way because when you buy it, you get a theme. It comes with a theme. However, you can't use that on the PlayStation 5. Yeah. So, it's like, why do I care? And what makes it worse is... Right before the PS5 came out, there was that, like, Butterfinger Tifa thing where it's like, oh, she's sitting on the water tower with the stars and her hair's flowing and everything. That was, like, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I kept that on my PS4 basically the last end of its life. And then the PS5 comes out, and I'm like, all right, let me get my Tifa theme on this bitch. And then you can't do it at all. <laughs> that That is something I hope they fix. Like, having it to where your PS4 themes can work, but then also do something new with PS5 themes. I think it would be interesting if they did that PSP thing, where it's like, oh, do you want to have the this UI or this UI? Yeah. Because I would just put the PS4 UI on there, leave the store the same. Just give me my themes, dog. Yeah, I had a lot of themes, dude. Like, my favorite thing about my PlayStation 4 was I had the Persona 5 theme, oh, yeah. where I just played the instrumental for Beneath the Mask. Mm. Dude, I would leave my PS4 on, like, just for that. Like, I'd fall asleep to that so good it was the same thing with the uh the tifa one for me like even if i wasn't playing a game and i was just watching a video on my phone i would just leave it up on the tv because it just it looks good to have in the background yeah i i miss themes and i definitely i i was so sad i didn't get the tifa theme but they uh then they end up putting it on the store anyway they did they yeah. made it i think it was like free but <laughs> ripped all the people who just bought butterfingers yeah no i i that was one of the that was one of the downsides of selling the PS4. I'm glad I got a PS5. Like, let me wrong, but there's still some things that I wish they did, and the themes is one of them. Yeah, there's not as much charm to it. I feel. But yeah, integrates a thing, and I'm excited for it. And I'm I'm just excited to see where part two goes. And I, dude, integrate makes me wonder now. The next part's not gonna be called remake part two or remake two or whatever. It's gonna have a different name. Completely. I think it's gonna be re something else, like rebuild, <laughs> remade remade we already did it that's it they're gonna they're gonna do the evangelion thing you are not allowed to remake <laughs> or you cannot remake. whatever the thing is <laughs> those movies apparently are pretty have you heard, have you seen those i've seen og eva um but i've been waiting to watch the movies because i don't want to be one of those guys it's like oh i got delayed again it's been 18 years since the last one yeah well i mean you mean know that feeling with square yeah i mean ff7 remake yeah 
took how long to be in it? The Kingdom Hearts 3 took how long? That, that is Final Fantasy 15 took how long? That's one thing that I'm really happy about with 7 is like I thought it was just going to be alright here's remake part 1 and then like 7 years later here's remake part 2 and in between I just have to play all these shitty games from people that I don't like as much but now you know you get the Yuffie thing there's that multiplayer mode is that a mode or a full game? Oh it's a mobile game Oh. Oh yeah, with the first soldier? Yeah. Yeah, it's a iPhone. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yes, yeah, so that'll be the other things we talk about. Uh they announced so this wasn't part of the state of play, but they announced uh, Square announced new projects for Final Fantasy Seven. One of them being called The First Soldier, which is pretty much going to be an in canon reason as to who the first soldier was. Which apparently everybody used to think it was Sephiroth. But mm. apparently not anymore. Their new canon is no. Someone in a chocobo hat can be the first soldier for all we care about. Pretty much it's their excuse to do a battle royale. And the fact that in this says, it says FF7 battle royale makes me go, okay. Yeah. It looks like a battle royale. Like the, the zoom in. and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm wondering like, okay. <laughs> I, this, I feel like that's not going to do well. Like at all? I, I don't, don't think it will either. I don't think there's a lot of crossover with people that play, besides like me, that play like uh, a battle royale and Final Fantasy VII. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I mean, but, we'll probably try it together. Yeah, but um, I think yeah, I don't know, man. I think from a narrative standpoint, what they'll do is like, oh, you get the title of soldier, but not the serum or whatever. Yeah, so it'll be like the first soldier, like the first generation, yeah. soldier. Okay, that'll be cool. I mean, the I like the environments. I think it, I mean I think it looks cool. I just wish it wasn't on the phone. I think that's my biggest gripe with it is it's an iOS Android game. Yeah, like I don't I don't like that at all. Shout out to BlueStacks. For real, do you know what that is? No. Oh, really? Uh, BlueStacks is a is an is an app. I think I told you about it a little before the podcast. But oh, that's the uh, the streaming. It's, yeah, it's so okay, it's yeah. an emulation on your on your PC where you can play phone games. The difference is that you have to own it, so you still have to buy it and download it onto your phone. But but then you can log in with BlueStacks and play the phone games on your PC. So I'm gonna try it that way. Um, and I think you can you can obviously put like you know controller support whatever it'll whatever. Mm. Point is you can play it on your PC. So I'm gonna try it through BlueStacks first, and then that leads into Ever Crisis. If I can get a Ryzen or like a GPD mm-hmm. before it comes out, or even after, then I'll definitely play it. But other than that, I don't see much chance unless they port it to Switch like they do with all their other mobile games now. I mean, Pocket Edition was also on Xbox and PlayStation too, so I, I'm I'm expecting all this stuff to be ported at some point. Uh, I I read a tweet that really kind of moved me of like, okay, this is obviously not for us. This is for the Japanese market, right? Where which they mainly play on mobile. Like the Switch is the only console over there that is doing really well because it is a mobile console that can be played at home too. Yep. So you get both. It, so, so the Switch is doing well. Xbox and PlayStation are not. So it, it's very much like okay, the mobile market's one thing. So I, that's why I think when Game Pass hits like full mobile, like with iOS and Android, mm-hmm. you might see that a lot more in Japan. And that's probably going to be why they want to buy some Japanese companies, so people can go, oh, I can play Sonic the Hedgehog on my phone, or Yakuza because Sega's owned by Microsoft now. Sick. 
That's, you know, doubt it, but whatever. But, uh, Ever Crisis, though. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it really lends to the theory that, oh, those three bosses that you fight at the end of Remake definitely are those guys from Advent Children. I, dude, the fact that Ever Crisis is, exists as, okay, for those who want to experience Seven with a bit of a new, uh, thing, and then the battle, battle system looks cool. I haven't seen the battle system yet. Oh, dude, I'm gonna show you after this, but it, it so the, the overworld looks like an updated version of the classic, but then the actual battles, it's a turn-based battle system mm-hmm. with the models of the remake. Oh, yeah, and so, like, your first boss, like, they show Scorpion. And it, it did show Aerith in that battle, but I think that was just more to show, like, this is what a three-person battle looks like. Because mm-hmm. Aerith, obviously, is not part of the bombing mission. Yeah. So I'm assuming she's not going to be there, and it was for debug purposes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you can, like, it's a turn-based system with, like, full models. So I'm I'm excited what that means for Crisis Core. Because are we actually going to get, like, a full Crisis Core version of Zack in a battle theme? Dude, the Advent Children one, we actually might get, like, different versions. Like, I'm excited to see, like, Remake Tifa in Advent Children outfit. Yeah. Like, seeing... Dude, seeing Remake Cloud in the whole... In the Advent... Like, dude, Advent Children outfit is so sick. Yeah. Like, it's the coolest thing. Undoubtedly. I think they're gonna have to roll that in to Remake somehow, because that's just iconic. I, I'm just excited. Like, Ever Crisis, I think I'm more excited about, because it's actually gonna be... Here's seven remade... Mm-hmm. But like the, the original is, seven. This is the remake that the people that hate remake wanted, I think. Yeah, and and it it well in in a, in a sense because this is going to be a way where, see, it doesn't look as stupid as it does before. Yeah, they're still small, but then all the battle systems, it's these really high texture everything else. Mm-hmm. So I I think I think it's going to be that, and I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited because now on one hand you can get people to shut up because they're going to port Ever Crisis everywhere yeah it's gonna be on switch it's gonna be on playstation and xbox i don't have a doubt about that and even if it is on phone the fact that i can just pull my iphone out and play ff7 which i can still do that now but like play a better version is kind of cool it's the ports that get me excited because uh i will play the mess out of that on switch yeah like that's that's my thing i wish more old school rpgs were on there um like if they could just put parasite eve on switch I'd be pretty happy. Don't mention that game, dude. I'm so I'm still salty after third birthday. I was I was downloading a ROM for that pretty recently because I was like, oh, I'll put it on my Vita and play it. And then uh, I got to looking at the reviews on the ROM site, and they were like, this is shit. Ruined Parasite Eve. Oh, a third birthday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Well, what makes it worse is that the main character is not Aya. Mm. It is actually a 10-year-old in Aya's body. Oh. And, uh... Shazam. <laughs> well, here's the problem: is you still end up marrying the guy, oh. and the guy says, "Huh, it's like I'm marrying both of you." And it's like, dude, oh, she's no. ten. Don't. It's weird. There's it, Yikes. dude. Parasite Eve, like the third birthday is weird. Like, I there's nothing you can do to make that game good. Mm. Not only that, but the games. One of the game's mechanics is whenever her clothes get ripped, is how you know like she's losing health or whatever, and it's still going. Dude, what fetish are you trying to do here? Like, I don't, I'm not, mm, it's not good. I do not like Third Birthday. Parasite Eve 1 and 2 are good. They're actually really decent games, but yeah. Big yikes on that.
Yeah. I think um, we'll probably go more in depth on it later, but I think do you what do you what do you want from remake part two? Like, um, well, I guess first off, where how far have you gotten in original seven? In original seven, I made it up to the part where Cloud falls into the church. Oh, so you haven't getting past Midgar. Yeah. Okay, so I okay, so then for your I guess from you, it's like what do you want to see? I guess mechanically then, because story wise. Well, I guess you can, Mike could give some story stuff for, like, you know, based on what we know of I mean, theories. I I would like to see, we've talked about this before, be, um, Jesse at the Golden Saucer. Love to see that. Um, I want to see, I want to see, like, some stealth gameplay with Yuffie. Um, I definitely want to see some more, like, Mind Freak stuff with Cloud. And I just, I want to see Zack playable at some point. I, so I've said this before, I, th- I think the whole point of Zack being playable is Sephiroth is going to ruin Cloud more mm-hmm. by going, see, I killed Aerith, I made Zack watch, and now I'm going to kill Zack too. Yeah. So like, I, th- I think everything that's happening is Sephiroth's way of going, I'm going to make this hurt worse. Like, my end goal is to is to you know whatever. But My main goal is to blow up <laughs> and then act like <laughs> yeah, I, don't I don't know, know nobody. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I really do think Sephiroth's main goal now is just to be like, I'm going to ruin Cloud. Yeah. Like, if I get to destroy the world, cool. I'm going to ruin him and make it to where I'm because the so the theories are like the reason Sephiroth's here is because he's latched onto Cloud. Mm-hmm. So he's like a parasite that's leeching off Cloud's memories of him. And realistically, if that's the case, dude, he's going to make sure Cloud never forgets him by making him the sole purpose of everything bad in his life to the point where now, no matter what happens, he's, he pretty much becomes in, immortal. Because now, if Cloud will always remember him, no matter what, then he wins. I, it makes me think of that, uh, that old meme, like, I'm going to destroy the world, bro. And then he's like, you are my, <laughs> my world, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I want to see Zack and Cloud. I like. I think what makes this really interesting is that, look, I agree that the original message of Seven is going to get screwed up completely. Mm-hmm. But Seven is there. It is on everything. Yeah. You can still play it. We're getting Ever-Crisis. Every, I, look, I know it's a meme. Like, you have phones, right? But everyone has a phone. Everyone right? does have a phone, and, and it's Square pro- Enix's track record, it will be it will playable be ported, on your yeah. console and probably your computer. Yeah, so, like, you were going to get to play the original 7 the way it was intended to be remade. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, it's like, remake is just going to be a another part of the compilation, mm-hmm. but that's now trying to be like... Because th- remake feels like what a Marvel movie is, where it's like, we're, we're going to tell the story you know... But, but our version and like yeah this different so like Winter Soldier the Winter Soldier storyline is very different from what they actually showed Yeah. but you don't care because the movie's great mm-hmm. so it's the same thing there I don't care what they do because I had so much fun playing with the game plus look at all the stuff they made in Remake 1 how how really detailed they went with like some nuanced stuff Hell House is a boss fight yeah they like that was Hell House and the cross-dressing scene, everybody was like, no, they're going to take that. They're out. never going to do that. They're never going to do that. They did both. Mm-hmm. By the way, both in Ball Market. Yeah. Best moment of the enti- best part of the entire game. And another thing that you could really compare to a Marvel movie is like, um, oh, this person is supposed to die here. Um, 
they never really got their moment in the comics, but then they died. And then remake, it's like Biggs and Wedge. You have that whole storyline where you're fighting together with them. And then in the end, it's like um, Biggs is still, you know, around. Um, so it's definitely very cinematic in that way. And I don't mind the changes whatsoever. I, I definitely don't like how they dump trucked it at the end. Yeah. That, that's my biggest grab. Like, I wish it was a bit more subtle. But, like, at the same time, I get it. They want to do some new stuff. And it's... They're treating it like it's its its own game. Like remake is not called remake part one. Right. It's just Final Fantasy VII remake. So they have to. They feel they have to end it with this big bombastic fight. And I do think they blew the Sephiroth load a little bit too early. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the way that I look at it is a lot of people are saying like no one's gonna know who Sephiroth is. And I'm like, okay, did you know who Darth Vader was in A New Hope? Exactly. No. You just went the big scary guy with the red oh, he saber. Looks cool. Yeah. You're like he looks cool. I want to know more about him later. Yeah. It's the same thing like like people are going like, "Oh, if you don't if you've never played 7, you're not going to get it." It's like that's the point. Yes, if you are a fan of 7, you're going to get more out of this. But if you've never played Final Fantasy 7, this is a way where you can go, "Well, who's Sephiroth?" Mhm. Ooh, "Oh, what's this cloud stuff?" Now now you're excited. You have two options. I'm just going to go play the original or I'm going to wait for the remake part 2. Yeah. It's so, like I think this is a win-win because now it's going to get people to go play the original again. Mhm. Which and I think, which I think makes the original relevant again. And then plus, you're so setting up that the original is getting a revamp. Yeah. So like, I I understand people's un like unease with this game, especially considering that the people behind it have a track record of not necessarily doing so hot. Like, yeah. no, Nojima, Katase, and Nomura have all had their bumps in the road. But even them, you can tell just based on Remake Part 1 how much love they have for this series. Yeah. But because they... And they even said, we're the original creators. We don't think this is untouchable. Like, like that literally, Katase and Nomura and all them were like, we created this game. Like, we were the reason this game is popular and the reason that 7 exists. And it's like, but we don't... You know... We don't think it's untouchable. We understand why people like the certain things they like, though. So we're going to keep a lot of the main points. Mm -hmm. Like, I still think Aerith is going to die. Yeah. I don't think she's savable. Because, one, Nomura knows that more than anyone. That was his idea. Mm -hmm. Everybody's all like, oh, no, Sakaguchi's mom. It was about that. No, the death of Aerith was Nomura. And again, he can have good things. We've also seen the bad in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But... The fact that I think of anyone, he probably knows that more than anybody, that, okay, we need to kill off one and let it be Aerith. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're going to... And if anything, they're going to fake out. Like, oh, she's not going to die where she was originally supposed to die, but she's going to die. She's going to die eventually. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they push it to where since Sephiroth is more powerful, which is about to be... It's technically spoilers for Seven. Do you care if I say it, or do you want to wait? I can I can stop. I mean, I I know the basic story already, so go ahead. So one of the points is that so remember the we see it in in remake, but when Cloud is like running and going mother, when he's in complete control, like he's not in control of his body. Mm -hmm. That happens multiple times in Seven. One of which you beat the shit out of Aerith apparently, like you wound her. And again, it's PS One graphics, so all you get is a. But like it's 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 said that oh you wounded Aerith. There's another moment where you have to fight it off, and I wonder if that's something they'll actually make us fight off, where if we don't do it, Cloud kills Aerith. That would be a, uh, a really cool thing to have, like a, uh, 
it's a boss fight with some sick ass monster and then at the end you realize that you've just been kicking Aerith's ass the whole time I thought of that too like like he doesn't and he doesn't even use the buster sword like he ends up like like stabbing her with like something on the ground does that Angeal shit yeah dude oh man they, they so the thing that gets me too is that like they can twist the knife harder because the thing is if we expect the death we're, we're ready for it yeah if we don't expect it oh no if cloud kills her dude that's... i'm gonna I, i'm excited to just be heartbroken <laughs> you know what i mean like just just don't kill tifa that's my biggest thing that's that's what if, being a square fan is if i find out that the game gives you the choice of well it might be tifa or Aerith, dude Aerith's dying yeah like look Aerith, no, no you're good line. i love your voice actress brianna white did a great job fuck you <laughs> tifa is staying yeah like i don't know man if Aerith had worked harder on her games <laughs> like she had them abs of steel you didn't do a pull-up with Aerith. <laughs> tifa killed that pull-up competition <laughs> by the way with the most epic track in the whole game Every that, dude, that soundtrack is so good. Yeah, like I still listen to that in the car when I want to go fast. <laughs> dude, okay. An- another thing, did you see the in in uh, in in Integrate? They're gonna have team up attacks. Really? Well, there's there's moments where Sonon and Yuffie are doing a dual attack where they're like where Yuffie's chilling on top of his spear when he flings her, and I'm like, dude, remake part two is gonna have that with the main cast. Oh, could you could you imagine that with like like Cloud and Tifa doing a team up attack? Aerith and Aerith and Red Thirteen, Vincent and Yuffie, sitting Barrett, like all these team ups attacks. That would be so cool. I love that idea because of uh, Persona. I, I bring I bring this game up way too often, being the only one that remembers it. But Sonic <laughs> Chronicles: The Dark Brotherhood. Uh, there we're, were we're gonna play that for our channel. <laughs> I hope so, but um. There were, it, they depended on who you had in your party, and I think there was like a trust system you had to build. But there were team attacks, and there was one that was like, um, oh, if you have Shadow Rouge and Omega in the party, they can do like a team dark attack. If you have Sonic and Amy, it's like there's like a thing they can do. Um, Knuckles and Rouge have their own thing, but uh, that's what I'd want them to do with it, like have every character have a specific attack with another character that differs from the rest that'd be so cool i i'm just excited to see what these characters play like yeah and i'm excited because like that's my favorite part about remake is each character feels different like vastly it it was one of it's one of the detriments of a turn-based rpg is they all are just like all right press attack yeah this one it's like tifa was fast Mm -hmm. tifa was aggressive Barrett was the long range, like it was awesome. Aerith was the magician, like oh my gosh, like the way magic works, and like it was so fun using these characters. I love casting spells in that game because they like arc over and everything without being a grenade. (laughs) Yeah, like dude, it was great. That was one of my worst, but about fifteen. Yeah, I never used magic in that game. I used it like once or twice just to be like. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! But like, yeah, the fact that it was just a magic grenade, it was like, oh man, that's kind of, that's kind of bunk, dude. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm I'm excited for Integrate. I'm excited for Part Two. I'm excited for for Reawaken. Dude, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Reunion. It's still got the R E technically. Oh yeah. But it, it's now Reunion. 
And that's, hey, the Sephiroth reunion, Genova reunion project. I, I still think this is how, I, if I was in control, this is how I would start part two. Is you'd have like the opening credits, yada, yada, yada. But then it would, there you'd be following this like bus thing or like this this military vehicle. And you're like, okay, where, where are we starting? And immediately out, out of the vehicle steps off Sephiroth. And then it turns around and you could control Sephiroth oh, through dude. Nibelheim. That would be so So sick. now the tutorial of the game is through Sephiroth's point of view. And you have Zack next to you. Cloud's there in his uniform and all dude. this other stuff. And you go through the Nibelheim incident. That where one of, so the, one of the main points of how to attack is cut down the villagers. <laughs> I mean, maybe not that, but like, I'd love to like, like immediately just start part two with the Nibelheim. Yeah. Whether it be through Zack's point of view or Cloud, like I don't care. Start it. That'd be how I would, just because that way you get that you get part of that out of the way. Well, I think what makes it better is you do it through through Cloud's broken psyche of it. Mm-hmm. So now instead of Zack, it's Cloud standing there, and then over and then you have moments where like when when like if you look in a mirror, it's Zack looking back in, or like yeah. you have moments where like they don't call him Cloud, and you're like what the but it's Cloud there. And you're like, what? And then Cloud wakes up, and they're in calm. I think that'd be the coolest way to start off the game. Because you could kind of get, oh, see, Cloud still has his broken psyche. Cloud's still screwed in the head, but he's also dealing with Sephiroth. And then in the vision, Sephiroth is mentioning stuff that happened in the remake. So now it's like, oh, it's Sephiroth messing with you again. So you can now start off stuff with going like, and have it, and, sh- and you know, screw it. Just show Aerith's dead body there. And Cloud, like, now realizing, like, something's going on mm-hmm. so now you start off like that's i look i'm excited on remake part two i don't think anybody else is upset about this but me but i wish that that stupid cell phone shooter game was a turks hero shooter <laughs> dude me and more love for the turks dude like hell yeah i i'm so excited we're getting before crisis as well in that mm-hmm. ever crisis game because dude that is such an I, I love the story of that game. Like I've read through what that game story is. The fact like oh man. Knowing like the true meaning behind Avalanche and Shinra and the Turks, it's like, dude, it's so cool. Yeah. I love I love that story and I'm excited to actually have that be a thing. And I can actually play through it because I don't have a Japanese mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing footage of that when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for that to come to Game Boy Advance. The fact that, remember, listen, well, I'm glad it's coming now, because remember, Coded was a phone game. Yeah. And then we got to be a True. DS game. All right, is there anything else you want to add t- today? Uh, yeah, just a small little news story. I think you might have heard of it. Um, but uh, the old Avatar creators have been brought back on by Nickelodeon to create Avatar Studios. Did you hear anything about that? I did, and I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'm pretty excited. Uh, right now, the big thing that I'm excited for is the uh, tabletop RPG they're doing. Oh, okay, I'm a little excited now. Did you hear about that one? I did not. So that one, uh, it's it's role-playing, so it's essentially D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, the they have four different eras that you can play in. Avatar Kyoshi's era, the Hundred Year War, um, Avatar Aang's era, and then Korra's era. Um, dice rolls don't determine your bending. 
because they want there to be a training system where it's like there's no chance you can fuck up if you're actually trying. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't play... You have to play as original characters, but um, you can run into the main cast on like quests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes. But when they announced the Avatar Studios thing, they said they were going to be working on movies... Um, the actual shows, and then I think they said games too, right? Uh, I think. So that's what has me excited. I think I'm just I'm 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 excited for the prospect of more, but at the same time, it's like everything is becoming a universe now. But the Avatar, like, like, well, like it it to me, it's like I was perfectly fine with Avatar and then Korra, having like here's the OG and then here's the really interesting sequel series. Mm-hmm. And just kind of going, all right, and then maybe like a novel here or there. Like, I like the comic books. I think the little Kiyoshi, or not Kiyoshi, Warrior, whatever that little novel they put out was. That like, was, uh, yeah, it was Kiyoshi's story, basically. Yeah. Like, there's two volumes, I think. It, and, and like that, I'm fine with that. But when, like, when it starts to become like, okay, well, now if you want to get into the Avatar universe, you have to watch five different anime series of video game. Uh, not a novel series I don't and a comic like when if it gets that big because like right now it's like okay the prospect of more avatar is good is when they start bloating it you know what i mean i i see where you're coming from but i don't think they're going to be heavily interconnected well not heavily interconnected but in the same way that like you can watch Korra without watching avatar right but like if you want to get the little intricacies of like oh who Toph is and all this you watch avatar mm-hmm. it's gonna be the same thing where it's like they're going to mention back to Aang and mention back. It's like, oh, I want to go watch that. And then it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be burnout. Like I mentioned this with Assassin's Creed. I mean, the more you do something, it's going to be like, okay, I've seen it before. Yada, yada. It's, it's the main reason why like I'm slowly excited. Like I'll put, I'm cautiously optimistic where it's like, I hope it's good. And mm. it's just more good stuff. But like, it's the reason why I'm like iffy on a lot of Star Wars projects right now because like Bad Batch looks cool and Obi Wan looks cool, but everything else I don't care about. Yeah, and that's it's like true. if it's good, it's good. But like, if you start just throwing everything out there, I feel like you're gonna saturate your own market. So that's that's my thing. Is like, I'm I'm cool with Avatar, and I'm I'm always fine for more stuff. But like, I like when things just have a definitive. This is it. We did our we set our piece and we're done. And on, on and on one and on one hand, if they and if it's good, it's good. Like, like I said, I like Final Fantasy VII remake. I didn't need it. If it never came out, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Right. Like, okay, whatever. But like it now that it's here, I like it. So it might be the same thing with Avatar, where now that something comes out and I love it, I'll watch it and be into it. I think that's one thing with Avatar that's like, it's kind of got that Star Wars effect of like, okay, this is a whole universe spanning multiple generations you don't have to tie it into anything like that's why i like the mandalorian so much at first was because it didn't seem connected to any of the other stuff but with avatar it's like okay you can just pick a guy and just be like okay well this is the avatar of this generation this is what's going on same world same mechanics completely different story and characters and i guess it is different because Korra was definitely not made for me it was made for the newer generation yeah which I like Korra, but there are definitely moments where I'm like, okay, what are we fighting? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Avatar had the looming threat of the Fire Lord, the whole series. And the whole point was, you have to save us from the Fire Lord. You have to, like, that That had a clear villain, where Korra had, like, new villains every so often. And, like, yeah. which I will say, I like that Korra took risks with the children's show. 
where like it did more about political stuff and like race racial problems. I mean, Koronosami is there. Granted, the last episode that aired online. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> mm. but still, it's like they at least did it. I wish they would have done it more because it really feels crammed into the last season. Well, now that they have a studio, I think that means that they'll be given more freedom to be creative and yeah, add yeah. that stuff in. And also, like, you know, things have definitely changed from when Court ended oh, to yeah. now. So definitely. I think Nickelodeon will be more open to it. I just want to see a whole little mini series of just that animation from the Avatar One episodes. I, I'm I'm excited. I mean, you know, cautiously optimistic, but like, if they can if they can do what they did with Avatar, like if they can pull the Avatar story right, because that's why I love Avatar One is it's a very it's a bit rushed at the end, obviously, but it's a very good story. Yeah, and. Korra is a very is very good in its characters. The overall story lacks here and there. Right, and, uh, and I think a I lot think of that has to do with like, okay, you get two seasons, okay, now you get one season, now you get one more season, and then we're not even gonna let you finish that season on TV. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm, you know, like I said, I just don't want it to be, you know, too much. Like, yeah, focus like little bits here like if you're gonna do a thing like don't go crazy and go here's the new show and then a video game and then a book series hey we're gonna focus on the show yeah that's gonna be the thing hey we're so we're not hey we're in between seasons right now here's a video game like you know do stuff like that where you're not bloating even your own audience because if you if you slowly put it out to where okay people can digest it and get used to it and (coughs) go from there it'd be one thing that's my hope at least yeah, I, I definitely think franchise fatigue is real. So, I felt it just this past few months with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I can only imagine what people felt like that waiting every year for one. Like, granted, I I could I can I mean I've stopped playing uh, Unity. I'm playing Odyssey right now just because I wanted you know that because mm-hmm. I technically played Origins recently. But yeah, like I understand the fatigue and like I don't want that to happen with Avatar. I don't want that to happen with Star Wars either. Like I don't want fatigue to set in and pe- and when people think of Avatar or Star Wars, it's Oh yeah, it's it's that series, or when when you think Avatar, because that that's that's in my opinion the best part is when you say Avatar, people kind of know. Okay, you're talking about Aang. When yeah. You say Korra, it's the Korra. Like you kind of know. Whereas now it's people are gonna say Avatar and go, oh yeah, it's that that series of stuff. And it's like it's more than that, you know. Yeah. So like I'm, that's kind of where I'm at. Like Star Wars still has that feel of like you think of the Skywalkers, you think of Darth Vader. I don't want to get to the point where when you say Star Wars, someone can go. That's that thing with that dude in the suit, right? And and you sit there and go, which one? Yeah. So. I mean, it's already kind of gotten there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think that's all the time we got for today. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of this episode, uh, especially since I'll be editing the thing. Yeah. Um, let us know just kind of what you want to see what you want to hear from us like everything else this this one will also be going up on youtube once i get all that figured out so we'll actually have you know a hopefully a really decent you know pull out now pull yeah. out game gonna be strong pull out game gonna be real strong <laughs> uh but yeah so thanks for listening